What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode number 78 of the Anthony John Amix podcast. Now, this episode is all about like stepping up your inner game of success. And I've asked Jill Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5 to come onto the show and share how her inner game was a huge key in her and her husband like unlocking the next level of success in their own lives and in their own business. So if you have a mission, if you have a brand that you've been working your butt off to grow and you're sick and tired of feeling like you're dragging your business uphill or maybe you feel like you keep hitting your head against the same invisible ceiling month after month, and you want to really like reawaken your powerful wealth creation, your driven inspiration, and your deeper purpose, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, now welcome back. Before I introduce you to today's guest and bring her onto the show, I want to let you know about a free training I have available for you. I get quite a few direct messages from people who say that they're loving the podcast or that they wish I went deeper on things about uh, the inner game of success, things like mindset and body set, you know. And so what I've done is create a free training where I cover the three ancient secrets that allow someone to personally rewire and transform their entire way of being in less than 90 business days so they can have unshakable clarity, confidence, and certainty even in the midst of uncertainty, they can escape the internal pressure that has driven their success but keeps the miserable, unfulfilled, and burnt out while becoming more successful and also lead their industry, market team, and clients with unshakable conviction and power and become the preeminent authority that pushes the world forward with their product and their service. All you have to do is head on over to trainingwithaj.com to grab your spot for that training. Again, just go to trainingwithaj.com to get instant access to that free training. With that being said, let me introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Jill Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5. If you've never heard of her and her movement, she and her husband, Josh, uh, they have a business called Screw the 9 to 5. They created that business as a way to show others how they were making money from over like 30 online businesses while living overseas. And since 2011, they've gone on to create a business that generates high six figures. And maybe I believe even this year, they are knocking on the door, even cracking the code to seven figures in their business this year. And they're just on a mission to inspire others to always live life on their terms no matter the circumstances. Jill is an all-around rock star, all-around amazing human being. From online entrepreneur to mom to epic wife, I mean, she is just like all things amazing. She's a ball of energy and just a joy to be around. So with that being said, let's bring Jill onto the show. Jill Stanton, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here and slightly terrified. <laughs> Why would you be terrified of coming onto this podcast? Because I know you love the deep work and I'm all about the deep work, but it doesn't mean it doesn't scare me sometimes. <laughs> well, well, let's just, let's just stay superficial then. Let's just stay superficial. That's not how we roll, <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> Man, this yeah, is I'm um, for this. episode 80, I believe. And it's kind of crazy. So I was in Spain when I was going through some of your stuff that you guys did as a bonus for James Wedsmore business by design thing. Forgot what you guys mm -hmm. called it, but. You guys did something, and I was getting advice for the podcast then when I had zero episodes, and now here we are 80 episodes later. 80 in. 
<laughs> making magic, making audio magic or video magic. I'm just exactly. trying to adjust my camera. Exactly. It's everywhere. It's uh, everywhere on audio and everywhere on video too. Just look yeah. at you repurposing. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> so tell me, like, what's the big vision that you and Josh are working on right now? Mm. Yeah, we're so right now, uh, we've kind of streamlined, we're all in on our course creators boot camps. And we're just really, after so many years <laughs> of complicating things and doing all the things, um, we've come to the realization that we're really looking to simplify and streamline, simplify to amplify. Um, and so we've gone all in on our course creators boot camps, which then lead into our pop up group accelerator. And we've got our podcast. And yeah, we have a coaching program right now. And then that's it, man. Super easy breezy. I've started doing mindset coaching. Anthony, you'd be so proud of me because I, for so long, did not do that because I had a belief that Josh was the teacher. He's so much of a better coach than I am. And he's more logical and structured and all this stuff. And I finally had a moment when we were planning out this last round of the boot camp, And I was just like, can we swear on this? Oh yeah, absolutely oh, for sure. Okay, great. I, mean, I was like, with me what? Long yeah, I was like, what the fuck, Jill? <laughs> like, you are so in your way around this. What would it look like for you to step into your own coaching series and start teaching what you've been working on for the last? I've been on an inner game journey myself for the last two and a half years, and so mm -hmm. starting to teach that and what I've learned throughout the process, and I, I finally did it. It was like magic. I felt high after every single one. So I'm so excited to do more of that and to really lean into my own like coaching on the inner game because Josh handles the outer game. So I feel mm -hmm. like it's a perfect blend. So you that was so a very people. wordy exam uh, explanation. <laughs> it's perfect though. It's, it's absolutely perfect. What's your big why like driving you to kind of do that, to do the inner game and outer game for, you know, course creators? One, I think that inner game is the work. And I feel like so many of us entrepreneurs torture ourselves with a lot of the disempowering beliefs we have about ourselves, worthiness issues, money issues, um, feeling like we're frauds or amateurs. And nothing gives me more joy than seeing someone like shift, like watching them physically shift, like across their face when they're like, that's totally me. <laughs> um, that just like is my own little boost of it's like a drug for me. I just love it so much. Um, and just helping entrepreneurs like really upgrade the way they think and empower them to step out of those old, outdated, unknown, underpaid chapters of their business and into a new level of themselves that allow them to be their most empowered version of themselves, which typically makes them feel way more positive, totally. makes them way more generous. They serve people in a bigger capacity. They have a bigger ripple effect. And that just lights me on fire. Mm. What, so you said you've been doing the inner game stuff personally for two and a half years. What led you from going external, 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 hold up, pause, internal? Yeah, man. Uh, an emotional breakdown. <laughs> I say that lightly, but it really was. Like I remember it so clearly. I was all the weeks pregnant, which might have had something to do with it. <laughs> I was like 39 weeks or four, 41 weeks maybe pregnant at that time. I was over it. And I was quickly becoming aware of how suffocated I was feeling in the business, both Josh and I, and quickly realizing like this business no longer aligns with our values. And that was a whole, like that realization was so scary for me because up to that point, and it was um, like mid February, 2018, I was 
in Port Moody, BC, Canada, on the floor of my closet, bawling my eyes out because I had this realization. Um, and it was, it was big because everything we were known for at that point was our membership site, our Facebook group, like this community we, we had built and like it felt so suffocating for me. And then I became a mom. I had my son Kai and that experience, like my birth experience was the most impactful experience of my life. Like it's my favorite memory. I talk about it all the time to anyone who will listen, <laughs> especially moms who are about to give birth for the first time. Um, and he was the catalyst for so much change. Like he was the catalyst for so much consciousness, truthfully, because before that, I think we were operating in a mindset of like, well, it must be something external. Like it, we might, we, it must be that we haven't cracked the code yet, or we haven't figured out our funnel yet, or our ad strategy is shit, or our team is, you know, lackluster or whatever. I was, I was always making it outside of me. And when my son came into the world, it was the first time we had really given ourselves the permission to not work for, I mean, I'm just going to own it and call myself out nine days. Like I took nine days off work after having a human, um, not the smartest move, but anyways, um, it was the first time we had given ourselves space to just start asking questions like what feels off? What feels off? Like we are so happy, so lit up by this little bundle. What feels off? Like, why don't we want to go back to work? And it was that that started prompting a lot of questions for us. Like, what do we want? What do we really want to feel? What really matters to us? What do we want to create? Um, and truthfully, that was like a few months of that lack of clarity, that misalignment. And if you've ever been felt the pain of unalignment, it's so painful because you can't put your finger on it because you don't have clarity yet because it feels like, I don't know, it's just a weird experience. So we just asked ourselves over and over for months, what do we want? What is feeling off? Like what feels heavy? What feels light? And it took us a good four months to figure it out until we finally had the realization that we needed to shut all of our paid offers down. We shut down our community, our free group, every course we had, everything. We hit the reset button. We shut it all down at the end of 2018 and hit the reset button and started 2019 fresh and rebuilt. Um, and during that process is when my inner game started. I started reading books heaps. I started, and I never considered myself a reader before that. I always said to myself, I swear to God, I'll wrap this up soon. I know I'm a talker. Perfect. But, um, That's great. I kept saying to myself, oh, I'm not a reader. I don't have time. I'll read when I have more, when I'm more successful. Like the, just peeling back the stuff I used to believe about success. I'm just like, wow. Like you had to, like you didn't consider yourself a reader because you didn't think you had time and you thought that maybe when you become more successful, then you would focus on your inner game. What the fuck are you thinking? It's that behavior now that will create the success you want. Like being the person you want to be when you're a success, but now is how you create success. And so that started it all. Mm. You know, a lot of people, I think they don't really like trust themselves to like do what's required to make their vision a reality. Like you guys talked about shutting it down, which is a big deal because you guys were doing some good revenue numbers and putting, mm -hmm. you know, like had a good lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how, you know, a lot of people get trapped in like reading the books or whatever, but they don't lean into the edge and do it. So how did you really overcome the big fear and just lean into the edge and then do what's required to create this new, this new evolution, this new expansion for yourself? Well, that way of doing it, the way I was doing it was no longer working for me. I felt sure. miserable. I mean, I just felt heavy. Um, 
And so the alternative seemed light, right? The alternative seemed full of hope. Like, oh, I could recreate myself. I could start to learn why I get triggered around things or why I feel nervous around this or why I have anxiety around this or why I beat myself up about this or why, like I was so, um, I had so many disempowering beliefs about money, like so many. And I I would stress myself out. Like I would think of worst case scenarios all the time. I would be that chick who was relentlessly checking my bank account, like something had changed in the last few minutes and almost like planning for worst case scenarios, right? And so anything other than that felt like a win to me. So I leaned all the way in Um, and I just baby stepped my way. Like I just started waiting for books to kind of come into my world and they did. And, um, and, and mentors around this and just people who had gone through or had made bold, courageous decisions was really what I was looking for. Like people who were unapologetic, um, was really what I gravitated towards during that time. Plus layer in being a new mom and all the heaviness we place on ourselves around that. Like, am I doing it right? Oh my God, should he be eating more? Should he be doing this? Should he be doing that? Um, I was just looking for some relief and some space. Hmm. Do you think people have to wait till it gets heavy to make that shift? I think that's the first um, no, but I think that's the easiest way to become aware of it is just being <laughs> like, brick truck, right? fuck, this sucks. How do we fix this? Um, but hitting rock bottom will be a great trigger for that, right? <laughs> um, but no, I don't think it has to get there. I just think that that's when you become the most aware of it. But as now, as I've been on this journey, like I've really tried to um, – become aware of my triggers and becoming aware of when I'm thinking disempowering thoughts, like when my thoughts go to like level five Jill instead of level 10 Jill, right? And so I notice physiology, physio, what? Anthony, Physi- say the physiologically. word. Physiologically. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I notice that my heart speeds up or my breathing gets more shallow or my thoughts start to race. And that I've, I've associated that or assign that trigger to being like my body's alarm system and be like, yo, your thoughts are off, <laughs> clean it up. Um, and so I, I really started practicing like catch and cancel, like catch my thoughts when they come up because they always will. Like sure, of course. you're always going to have disempowering thoughts, right? Yeah. That's just the way we're triggered or wired. Sorry. And then I cancel them. I like, I am a weirdo who says it out loud, like cancel, mm-mm, mm-mm, cancel. I'm not thinking that way anymore. And then I consciously replace it with the new belief I want to believe. And when you replace it with a new belief, I'm curious, does it ever like change like your emotional response or when you're replacing the words, you still feel like you're full of shit? So it's so funny you say that. And I, I talk about this in my own coaching as well. Like when you're in a negative thought spiral, you do not believe it when you then switch to like a positive affirmation. I am a money magnet, you know, inside you're like, shut up. You know, you don't believe it. Sure. It doesn't resonate with you. And so I try to look for declarations that I believe are true. And so I am committed to find, making this work. I am committed to creating success. I am committed to, you know, whatever it is. Um, and one mantra that I've really incorporated into my life, and I say it every single morning, every single morning that I'm conscious enough to say it as my first thought, um, the minute I become aware that I'm awake, I say, I'm the type of chick who gets everything she wants. And it just like sets my day. And I did not believe it when I first started it, truthfully, but I just made it such a habit. And now I believe it for good and bad. So if something bad comes into my world, I'm like, oh yeah, 
because I'm the type of chick who gets everything she wants. So I must have been putting that out there somehow. Either my focus was on that or my point of attraction was on that. You know, I just, it's allowed me to take so much responsibility for myself, mm. my vibe and, and my reactions to things. Brilliant. What do you find are like two or three big mistakes a lot of personal brands are making right now when it comes to like scaling their business and just being like happy in the process? One, I think they try to do everything themselves. Like I think they really struggle to delegate. And I see that so much. I see that I just got off two back-to-back mastermind calls. And that was very common theme around like um, struggling to hand things off or struggling with team. I think we hear a lot of like horror stories. And so we're like, no, I do not want that. And like, if someone falls on their face or screws something up, we're like, I knew I should have done it myself. Um, but one thing I've learned from one of my greatest girlfriends, Adrienne Dorison, she has a business with Mike McCallow. It's called Clockwork, um, is you want your team members to make mistakes because you empower them to figure it out and become more resourceful and accept the responsibility. And so learning that piece has been so clutch for us. We've real, I'm really proud of the team we're building now. Um, they're so resourceful, so motivated, so driven. They believe in what we're doing and they're all in for it. So that's been a huge um, thing that I've seen other business owners have to learn and myself and Josh. Second, I don't know if a lot of people, especially if you're just on the come up and you're looking to scale, I don't think a lot of people prioritize inner game as much as they should because they think it should be like, it must be a, a ad strategy or a funnel or the offers off or my copies off. But if you really look at it, a lot of the time it's your thoughts that are off or your focus is on it not happening yet. You know what I mean? Totally or if you set you yourself this sexy goal and you're like, I'm going to make $50,000. But then there's this like little niggle inside of you that's like, well, what happens if you don't? Like, what will we do if that doesn't happen? Or what will happen if this? And so I always use that. That's your, the sign that your attention is on that, on the lack of it, on the not having of it. Yep. Um, and so I think inner game's a big one. And then three, I think a lot of us who want to scale and go big, struggle with loneliness. No, not a lot of people get what we're trying to do or the sacrifices we're making or the risks we're taking or the money we're making or who we have to become, right? There's a lot of change that goes on and growth and evolution and expansion that goes into becoming a great entrepreneur and a great leader. Um, and so I think a lot of people feel lonely because not everyone in our offline lives tend to get what we're trying to do. And so uh, surrounding yourself with a badass crew of entrepreneurs who get it, I think is, man, it's so important. It is what will carry you through those dark times when you can't do it yourself. Is that what you do to combat loneliness is just surrounding yourself with people virtually? It, it, well, I always prefer offline, but the well, world's sort of shut down right now. Exactly, but yes, exactly. Um, also, I would say Josh really struggles with this a lot more than I do. Like he very much values like offline connections. He doesn't value this kind of stuff. Whereas I, this is great for me. <laughs> I'm like, I get to have conversations with people. I had a badass, two badass mastermind calls before this. Like that fills my cup. I feel connected to those people. We support each other. We talk through things with each other. I don't need to always see them in IRL or offline. Um, I prefer it, but this is good for me as well. But yeah, I, I do understand the importance of it. And just a crew that you trust. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't know if that's, well, I know it's not just me, but I've had a background of like having some rough relationships with women while I was growing up and a lot of like nonsense bullying, right? 
And so that really impacted a lot of the friendships I pursued or how open I were, I was sure. to them. So I've really been trying to peel that back as well so that I can have these close knit, trustworthy friendships that is give and take, like reciprocal, you know, back and forth, not always just one-sided. And are you just combating that with like this battling the thoughts in your mind You meet somebody new or you feel like you want to deepen the relationship? There's probably a part of you, I assume, that's like, oh, are they going to bully me? Are they going to Oh my God, this? all the time. And, and uh, that's yeah. absolutely a thing I still deal <laughs> and with. And then do you absolutely. just switch the, the inner dialogue to like lean into it? Well, I kind of give myself a permit. I, first, I am a bit wary of who I bring close to vest, right? Like I, I'm not just going to, meet someone at an event come on and like, in everybody <laughs> here's all my secrets sure <laughs> um but the ones that i really vibe with are strong independent self-motivated resourceful trustworthy badass women i just love and i i have some great relationships with some kick-ass dudes as well um but yeah it still very much plays into my relationships and and i'm honest about it with the chicks that i'm super tight with and so i've i've prefaced a lot of those relationships by saying like I really want to be besties just so you know like I've also had to deal with this in my life and it's impacted my relationships and I'm working through it and trying to become more aware and conscious of it but you know if I ever seem like triggered or you know kind of ghost it's likely that <laughs> and please still love me <laughs> thanks for sharing yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Men as well. Um, no doubt. Definitely women as well. Like it's not just like a gender thing, like just a woman or just men, but definitely I think all people struggle with that at some sort of level, especially that probably I, the people growing up where they get like cyber bullied or some shit. I don't know. It's so yo, strange to me. <laughs> I 100% agree that it is not a gender thing. I also believe that women can really tear each other down. Like it's like psychological warfare totally. for some women. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. like all of my stuff happened in like junior high and high school, yeah. right? When we're all in the hormones and we're all mean and catty and tribal. And I just, I don't see dudes going through that. I mean, they certainly get bullied, but I don't see the like insidious kind of like- Yeah, it's not the plot for revenge away. type thing. It's yeah. just more like you got some beef- at least when I was growing up, you just go to somebody and be like, hey, you want to take this outside? And we can like, we can fucking deal exactly. with this, right? Yeah. I remember my sister, she, she was very similar to me. And there was, I think she was a sophomore and some girl was talking shit about her. And so she heard the rumor that the girl was like, yeah, I'm going to beat Lindsay Amix's ass after school. And so that morning, right when the bell <laughs> like, rang, she walked into to math class and said, hey, I heard you wanted to fight after school. How about we just go out in the hallway and get this done right now? And the, the girl what was like, badass. uh, uh, no, she's like, are, are we good? And she's like, okay. Yeah. She's like, well, if you ever have some shit with me, just know we can take it oh outside. And that was it. Your like the bullying was hero. done. <laughs> Your sister is my hero, man. I was so scared. I yeah. was always outnumbered. Like I had 40 chicks around me in my car. Like I was always outnumbered. So I had no courage or bravery sure. because I was like, I'm about to get my ass beat. And I wanted to avoid that at all costs. So I was super, I took it. Like I just head down, mouth closed, took it. And I think it really impacted me. And yeah. as I'm starting to like peel back those layers and realize how much it's impacted me, but I'm glad I'm aware of it now because I can change it. Yeah, and also, and can I just quick say, I'm yeah. so fucking, aren't you so fucking glad we didn't grow up with social media? 
Dude, oh. I was about to say the same thing. Like, I you know, my daughter destroyed. is 20 months old and I think like, what the fuck is she going to deal with oh. in school? And Sarah and I were talking about this the other day, my wife, and I was like, I don't even know how you deal with cyber bullies. Like yeah, you man. block them, but even if you block them, then they're still like getting everybody else that were the, where the conversation is still happening, but you're not a part of the conversation. And so and like, you can't just, just like, like walk up and smack somebody and handle it. So I don't, I don't really know how you deal with it. <laughs> That's not appropriate these days, Anthony, in our overly sensitive society. Hey, I, I am not about this overly sensitive society. Something <laughs> is going to have man. to change. Oh, the pendulum has swung way too far the other way. Way too far. Oh my God. I feel like people aren't even there. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, are a bit too timid to say some serious shit online because we're like, no, I just don't even want the nonsense that comes after that. Like, it's just so over the top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, you know, this is a great point, like when to know what to say. And I think it comes back to somebody really honoring their truth. And if we're really mm -hmm. called, like there's something within us that's calling us to speak what we feel is our truth again, not to blame or shame or not to attack or not to make, this side wrong or that side wrong, but to like call people back to the center line. And it's different things in different industries and different things in different topics and conversations. But I think part of that is coming home and like being comfortable in our own skin and comfortable in our own body and like checking in and being like, am I really called to say this right now? And sometimes yeah. the answer is yes. And we lean into the edge and we say it or we post it. And sometimes the answer is no. And we yeah. just stay reserved and stay home. And that's going to be a game that people are, I think are going to have to start learning to become more and more and more aware of. Well, one thing that I'm very hopeful of and aware of is that I think we are in a great awakening right now, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people are becoming a lot more conscious. And as you're talking about this, I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense to us who are aware of our feelings and our thoughts and our beliefs and our, you know, actions. But now you're assuming that all these other kids in school have the level of awareness and consciousness to, you know, center themselves and come back to the truth. They're like, no, fuck that. I hate that bitch. You know what I mean? And totally. they get all riled because they, we don't even know they're what they're dealing with at home. Not. And there's not a chance any bully has come from a supportive, loving environment, right? Yeah. They're just striking out because they feel so unheard and seen and totally. unloved. Um, but I do believe that entrepreneurs who, have any level of consciousness and awareness and our parents are raising this next gen of just big hearted, conscious, aware, kick-ass kids totally. who can come in and just make such a dent in the world. And part of where I stand on this, and this may come back to bite me in the face, but I'll say it. Sometimes the most conscious thing to do is punch somebody in the face potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to remember this and then I'm going to be like, Anthony told me it was the very <laughs> conscious thing to do. <laughs> Seriously, like we want to live in this like secretive, politically correct culture. But if my values are being violated and I'm saying, hey, here's a boundary, do not cross boundary. And I'm still sourcing my own love and respect. You can only poke a snake so long before the snake will fucking bite you. Like yeah, it just, true. this is, this is part of nature, right? So sometimes it's like, I will serve as your pattern interrupt and punch you in the face because I love you so much. You will remember this for the rest of your life. This punch in the face comes from a place of love. Exactly. God, how can you not see that? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then sometimes the argument is, it's like, well, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And I'm always like, well, I am not Jesus. I'm Anthony John Enix. <laughs> <laughs> also, that would be such a failed argument on me because I don't know anything about the Bible. I'd be like, did he? I don't know. Like, <laughs> maybe you said that. I don't, I don't trust you. <laughs> I'll have to read it myself. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. What are like two or three like huge lessons that you've learned thus far in this game that have like just really transformed your level of goodness? One, becoming aware that I was playing to not lose in like every aspect of my life. Um, that was huge for me. Like really becoming aware of where I was holding myself back. Second big realization I've had is my fear of judgment. Man, that just dimmed. It just like, what's a great word for it? It just dimmed everything about me for yep. so many years because I was too I, funny because anytime I talk about this on an interview, people are like, what? But you're so mouthy. But that didn't mean that, yes, I was putting myself out there. And yes, I'm like mouthy and outgoing. But that doesn't mean that on the inside, I wasn't being like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? Did I really do that right? Did I, you know, give bad advice? Like when we were first starting our membership and we would do coaching calls in there with hot seats i would cry after every single one my husband mm. loved it um, i would cry after every single one because i was like oh my god did i give the wrong advice what happens if i love someone the wrong way was i rude was i nice was i this was it that like i just always had this sense of like not good enough um and that i've realized really came down to fear of judgment and that came from my whole experience in junior high and high school totally. like trying to not stand out at all not draw attention to myself not do things wrong because i just knew the fury would come back on me and so that has really just bled into all areas or used to bleed into all areas of my life um once i really honest to god like once i became a mom a lot of that dropped away because <laughs> i was it was almost like a lot of my brain space was taken that used to be dedicated to worrying about what other people thought. And then I became a mama. I was like, wow, I give way less fucks about a lot of things now because I am focused on this tiny human. Um, so that was great. And then um, what would, oh my God, another big realization for me is um, when you're trying to build a team, like A players do not want to work for C players yeah. or B players. And I think for so long, Josh and I like demanded a players work for us, but we were not being A players. We were being like fucking C players. And so of course we weren't attracting that kind of team member. And we would get so frustrated with ourselves and like put the blame, like total blame, right? And justifying, we were just such victims in that stage of our lives. And I remember Jim Fortin saying to Josh when they were having a coaching call and Josh was talking about this, like our team and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, who hired them? And we're like, um, <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> but even that level of, of awareness around responsibility and like not just responsibility but response ability like your ability to choose your own responses to things and how you show up and how you act and how you respond and how you treat people has been such a biggie for me what were your behaviors like when you were a c player versus an a player oh my god i was such a victim Ugh. I like annoy myself now thinking about how I showed up for so many people, such a victim complained all the time. Complained, why is, why are they doing that like that? That's stupid. Why are we not making the kind of money we want to make? That's so annoying. We work so hard. People in our market don't spend this much money. Like I just, Oh my God, so many excuses, so much like, 
blame and justifying and complaining and just like such a low vibe way of being. Like I just, mm -mm. so glad I had the awareness to like step out of that, to shed that and, and step into this new version of myself and know that even 2020 Jill and the thing she says now will annoy the fuck out of 2022 Jill being like, Oh my God, Stanton, did you really need to be that sassy about it? Um, and just allowing myself the permission to change, to change my own damn mind because it's what, our business and we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> what are the behaviors that the A player kind of demonstrates? Oh my God. Trust, leadership, giving people autonomy, um, not being a micromanager, focusing on sales. Like that was such a big thing. We were so scared to sell for so long. Mm. Um, putting myself out there more, being more fearless, more courageous, speaking on stage, leaning into coach, doing my own coaching for something that lights me up, but I like kind of pushed back for so long. Um, not worrying about what other people are going to say or think or do because truthfully, I'll never know, right? I'll never know for sure what someone thinks about me in their head. Like I'm never going to know that for sure. Cause they're never going to be that honest. <laughs> um, and so allowing myself to move forward in spite of that, or be, even though that might happen, um, that is a sign of an A player for me. And then take like prioritizing downtime. Never did that before. Mm -hmm. And we just got back off after a full week unplugged, like did not check into work. Best thing we've ever done. Never yeah. done it up until now. Um, and really giving ourselves the permission to, to enjoy that time off. Like, no, we're not going to check in. We're not checking emails. We're not checking Slack. We're not doing any of that. We are not on. We are resting and recouping and coming up with big ideas and setting the stage for the next round. So good. Um, really like work hard, rest hard. <laughs> that was a big move for me. And then being willing to invest in, in really great people and paying them what they deserve versus like trying to niggle deals and, oh, bleh. I just was such a bad so boss stressful, for so it? long. When you're being I'm like a key player, boss. isn't it so oh, stressful? It is. Yeah, That's a really great is. way of putting it. It is stressful. And you don't understand why it's stressful because you don't have the awareness because you think right. it must be outside of you. Right. So true. You mentioned like you would never know what they think of us. Even if we could know what every single human person like being thinks of us, do you think it even matters? Oh, I was going to, I thought you were going to say, would you want to know? No, it doesn't matter though. It doesn't. Which is crazy because at, on such a base level, we think it does because need of approval, don't want to be kicked out of the tribe, like all of that kind of primitive stuff. But on a base level, no, absolutely not. So but I mean, like that level of freedom, yeah. man, I'm still not there. I still mm. have work to do around that. Like I know that on after certain conversations with certain people, or if I speak on stage or if I meet people at events or if I'm coaching or whatever, I, I know that I still have a little bit of that underlying. Absolutely. I don't think I'll ever completely shed it. That's like pure freedom. Yeah, totally. Get into a place where there's nothing to prove, nothing to defend. What people think of me, no. At all. You have no, no feelings, no feels, no, wow, that you are the most free dude I know. I don't care what they think about me. Now, what I do care about that does still trigger me is I still hero their experience a bit. Meaning if I say something and they're uncomfortable, then I'm like, oh, did I take it too far that time? Oh, did I, did I hurt this person? Because I actually have a big heart that deeply cares about like humanity, right? So it's not that like I know. I'm comfortable here, 
it's sometimes I'll say something just out of, maybe I make a joke. Maybe I said something on this podcast where I'm like, I punched the person in the face and they're like, oh, you're so this. And then I'm projected upon out of their own insecurity and inadequacy. And then that reflection then starts making me doubt like, oh shit, I hurt somebody. And then my, my breath is going to start getting shallow. And I'm like, I can remember one time in our event, we were, we were like day three or something of the nature. One of the participants there, his mom was in the hospital or something. And he was just like, he was checked out of the event because he was so worried about his mother. And I'm like, okay, you paid to be here. Like, want to get you the breakthrough. And he's had so many breakthroughs till then. And like, this was another breakthrough moment. And I said something like, your mom's going to die at some point. So you might as well get over oh. it. Oh, something like that. And he was like, fuck you, Amix. And I looked at him and my breath got shallow. Mm -hmm. And I, and I was getting nervous. I'm like, is he going to hit me? What's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I checked in. <sighs> we got back home. And I was like, did I take it too far this time? Because if I did, like I checked back in and my intelligence was like, yes, you took it too far. Well, then it's my responsibility to say, hey, man, I took it too far. My intention wasn't to hurt you. This was my intention. And I could write the wrong immediately and get back on track with that relationship. But instead, when I checked in in that moment, I was like, nope, his experience. Let him have it. I'll let it go. Damn, that was a big power. breakthrough for him. It was also a that's big breakthrough power. for me because I was able to speak what was my truth in the moment because there was some truth in what I said. Part of us as, as humans, like we're going to die. The moment we are born, we die. Like we're on a mm -hmm. journey to death. And if you study like consciousness at a deep level to the degree that we're willing to accept our death is to the degree that we're willing to die. actually live our life. Because mm -hmm. you know, it's inevitable. It's, it's fucking inevitable. There's nothing we can so do about like, it. Fuck it. Let's have some fun. <laughs> right. 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 Even with my One daughter, my things. wife, like mm -hmm. they're going to die. They're going to die. Guaranteed. Do you put yourself in that place of thinking about that so that you can be more present in the moment? Or is that just like in this conversation, you're acknowledging that? In this conversation, I'm acknowledging it. The other piece of it, I think, is part of our growth as a human being. It's like what we resist persists. So if we're resisting mm -hmm. death, then everything that we're doing is built in response to oh, don't die. So yeah. we create more fear. So if we want genuine, full-on freedom, we get to accept the full-on spectrum. And in acceptance of the full-on spectrum, we now have capacity, full-on capacity, full-on agency to choose what we want to create moment by moment. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That is full freedom. Right. So coming back, I, like, I hey, do I care what people think about me? No, but I do care about like if what I say or what I do harms another human. And I'm constantly yeah. looking at that feedback. And like, is, was the intention, the impact as well. Right. And you don't think like when you're saying, oh, was that impact different from the intention I had? You don't think when like considering someone else's feelings that you're thinking at all, like, I wonder what they might be thinking right now. I just ask them. Mm -hmm. I like, okay. I, I, I like, I lean in to being willing to avoid being vulnerable. I'm just like, Hey, I'm feeling a lot of fear right now. And I don't know what you're feeling. Do you mind sharing with me right now? That level of vulnerability i feel like to be on the receiving end of that must be so inspiring so different so like it, i would assume it would almost take people off guard because 
to have someone own where they're currently at in the moment of feeling it being like, okay, I'm feeling a lot of fear right now. And I believe blah, blah, blah. Or I'm feeling like this and that, like just to say exactly what you feel. Like so many of us try to kind of put a veil on it to make Lots it Lots of people don't know what they're feeling. Oh shit. My wife's on a journey right now. We're going through some parenting coaching and we go to a marriage retreat this weekend. And she's on this journey because she's like repressed feeling for so long. She's been so like cerebral and just like produce, produce, produce. And she's like a super fucking high achieving woman, very independent, like super big heart, but also super just like not tapped into what she feels. And as we're going through this parenting coaching, it's funny because we're like, oh, our child's doing this. And they're like, it all comes back to you. And so like, oh, it's causing damn, her I to like- I do not want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I could give you so many examples. And it's, by oh the way, it's gosh. like changed like Zyra's fits, fits like reducing by 60% once we like take what? ownership for it. Um, I don't want to go into it in this podcast, but I'll definitely tell you after the podcast because I think it was just really fascinating. Okay. But anyway. Okay, the, um, I also have a toddler boy who hits and I'm like, did I do this? So yeah. I definitely want to hear about this. <laughs> yeah. And so like with Sarah, she had to set a timer, like with the coach, she was like, set a timer three times a day and just check in to take like 30 seconds, mm -hmm. scan your body. What are you feeling? What are you feeling? What are you feeling? And so the other day, a couple of weeks ago, Sarah was like doing something. She came to me and she was like, you know, I'm just feeling a lot of sadness. And I was like, yes, yes. no blame or shame on me. Tune. Just pure truth, sadness. <laughs> we could do something with that. And as a result, it's created a lot more connection and a lot more vulnerability in our marriage. It's been amazing. And do you think maybe she was resistant to that because it's the worst to try and be coached by your partner? Oh, uh, <laughs> like it's I definitely. When... Yeah, for oh, sure. Ahead. I learned that one the hard way, for sure. Yeah. So I don't, I don't coach at all, for sure. Uh, I remember but no. when Josh was, sorry. The, oh, the, just quick say, when yeah, Josh was first learning all, all things transformation, he was trying to coach me on it. Yep. And I was like, I need you to shut the fuck up with this right now. Like, yep. stop trying to coach me. Yep. Um, so he quickly learned. Yep. I did the same thing. Yep. We had a guy named Gary Rodriguez and he was like, your wife's worldview is not your, her, uh, yeah, your worldview. Like mm. she's not paying you for your worldview. <laughs> she mm. can have her own worldview. And I'm like, but my worldview works really good. And I've paid <laughs> a lot of money for this worldview. <laughs> she needs to get on board. <laughs> yeah. And it, and, and on her own time, she's getting more on board, on board of that worldview. But it's not because I'm coaching. It's just because I'm being and demonstrating that. And I'm also very clear on what I desire. And we have these hard conversations sometimes where I'm like, I want this desire. I'm committed to experiencing this with you. Do you want to join me? Right? And I'm calling her to that however she wants to choose to get there. Josh and I are working through a lot of our own stuff like that too. So we work with a marriage coach and just learning each other's triggers. It's like, cause he is the type who will shut down, like yep. ice me. Yep. Guys, if I could only properly describe how much it triggers me, like I get so triggered by it. Cause I'm a talker outer and he is an internalizer. And so it's just like butting heads. Right. Yeah. And so learning to be more conscious in those moments for myself to take a breath, like you're saying, like, come home, take a breath and realize that that's, that's his way of reacting because he grew up in very big family with a lot. He was the youngest of five kids, like a lot of emotions going on. And like, he just learned to be more quiet and like avoid conflict. And I am the firstborn <laughs> and very opinionated um, and very loud. And so learning how to navigate that for each other, for myself, especially like learning how to calm my 
myself down when I want to like get into it and talk it out and come to a resolution. He's like, I need 90 minutes of silence to not talk to you right now. And then we can come. And it's taken me forever to actually like, like actually tune into that and give that space. I still don't do a great job of it. Sure. Like I I'm at 90 seconds of silence right now, not 90 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I'm like 90 minutes. God, I could make so much happen in that time. <laughs> totally. Totally. Awesome. What's your favorite marketing strategy right now? <laughs> that is such a, like, like the pendulum just swaying to the <laughs> totally opposite <laughs> where I thought we were going. Like we were talking deep shit and now we're going to go, okay, sweet. So let's talk strategies. <laughs> I like how much this like bops around. Um, hands down, we do these paid boot camps, and they're my favorite things we do. Um, it is our biggest form of marketing and sales and traffic right now. Um, and they are like a five day boot camp, which ends up being like 10 days given like all the bonuses we train on and all this stuff and pre-party they're, they're my favorite things we do. And it's great because they convert like motherfuckers. Um, it's like a, a paid challenge type thing. Yeah. And nice. it, what I love about it, it's a customer acquisition move, not a lead acquisition move. And so we're going straight to customer acquisition and, and knocking their socks off at a low price. Like we charge 47 bucks, um, for the 10 days. And I love it. They show up so well, they get so much out of it because they have skin in the game. We totally. have skin in the game. We've brought in coaches. Like we've, we hit the inner game with my coaching and the outer game with Josh's um, strategies and teaching. And it's just like, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And if I could only ever do free or excuse me, not free challenges, paid challenges or boot camps as we call it, that's, I'd be all in on that. Mm. We're actually getting ready to do one of those too. So I'm excited. Really? Yep. A paid boot camp? Yeah. Oh. We're playing with the price point. It's going to be 47 or 97. We're just like teetering on it. But yeah, we're about to map it out and pull the trigger on the next three or four weeks. Let's definitely jam on it because I've learned a lot <laughs> um, and would happily share awesome advice from the trenches. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, of course. I find a lot of times like entrepreneurs are like building their business, like in resistance to the thing that they're deeply fearful of, whether it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't want to be mediocre or... I don't want to not be accepted or I don't want to be not good enough. And so from that place, they then create success and resistance to improving to the world and themselves that they're not mediocre mm -hmm. or that they are good enough or whatever it is that they're deeply afraid of. What do you do in your business to kind of help people overcome that where they're not building things in resistance to? Mm. One, I have a question before we dive into that. Please. Do you think that that level or that way of creating success is actually sustainable? Like will sustain success? Never. I, yeah, exactly. I think it'll crash and burn. You'll sabotage Always. it because it's Guaranteed. coming from a place of disempowering. It goes beliefs, deeper right? than that. Because so it goes back to the success equation. So I'll be worthy or I won't be mediocre. When? I won't be whatever it is when I have A, B, or C or when, when I become X, Y, and Z. So when we have X, Y, or Z or become A or B and C, we still don't feel the thing that we want to feel. So we kick the can down the never ending road and we're, we never get there. So that's one aspect. The other aspect, the deeper spiritual aspect is it defies the law of being. So the law of being is just is similar to the law of gravity. Like you and I can meditate and have some affirmations and say positive things all day long. But if we drop a pen, a pen's, pen's going to drop. It's a universal law of the universe, right? Not going to happen. This is going to happen here on earth. 
So another one of those law of being, it states that the world gives us exactly that which we are at our core. Our core oh. consists of the thoughts and feelings that we're holding on to predominantly. So if we're feeling and we're thinking, oh, I'm not, I don't want to be mediocre, and we're building too, well, the world's going to give us more opportunities to express our mediocreness or express <sighs> our not good enough or express yeah. our whatever that shadow is. So until we, again, can come home and be with that part of us and accept that part of us and feel it and experience it, that's what then expands our, our capacity to then just be at cause where we're like, I choose the thing because I choose to do the thing. Like there's no deeper reason. There's no deeper why. It's just that feels fun to me. That's the experience I want to go on. Mm. I think that's why I'm so grateful that we've stumbled upon our boot camps because I want to do them because I find them so fun. Like I literally feel like I'm high after we do them. After my sessions, like I was so obnoxious to Josh. I would be like blaring Beyonce, like I'm a savage <laughs> after my mindset coaching calls because I just felt so lit up by them. And I said to him, I would fucking do this shit for free yeah. if we had to. Like, I love it so much. Um, but coming back to your other cue, remind me of what it was, what you were asking. How do I help? Yeah. So like, what do you do in your business to help people like not build in resistance too. So overcome feeling like they're mediocre or they're not mm -hmm. good enough or whatever. For me, I believe that it all stems from awareness, like helping people get the awareness of what they currently believe. Like every time we run a boot camp, the first thing we hit in my session at least is current beliefs. What do you currently believe about your ability to blah, blah, blah. Um, and we start there because you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And that's a Dr. Philism. Always, always. <laughs> and so I feel like that awareness is the first step to any level of change, transformation, Agreed. evolution, success, any of that. And if you aren't aware of why you're doing the things you're doing or what you believe or the thoughts you're thinking or the feelings you're feeling or then the actions you're taking, you'll always end up the same. You'll just keep circling back to it. Um, so I really try to start there and lean all the way into it. And I do the exercises with people to uncover what they currently believe and then create the new beliefs they want to believe. Yeah. And then I encourage them all throughout every single day, like catch and cancel, catch and cancel. And really that's just, that starts with awareness, right? Becoming aware of the thoughts we think or the beliefs we have and then catching them when they come up. And like grabbing it in the moment. And that takes practice, obviously. Just like I feel like awareness is a muscle and you just get better at it the more totally. you do it. Yep. But like catching those thoughts when they come up and you'll notice them, like how I was saying, I treat it as my body's alarm system. You'll notice them because your thoughts start to swirl or yeah. you get anxious or your breathing increases or your heart rate increases or, or your breathing gets shallow, sorry. And you think about the what ifs and you start to spiral, you know? And so catching those in the moment and then I... I suggest people say cancel because I feel like it makes it more real. There's no strategy to that. I just feel like it's more powerful to say sure. cancel so that it's like a declaration like, nah, I ain't thinking that anymore. Cancel. Um, and then replace it with the new beliefs they want to believe. And I think that that's the first baby step that you can take to help people create success. But I can't, I can only present the, um, information or the transformation, like they totally. have to be willing to wade all the way into it. Yep. And I think a lot of, um, a lot of things that one thing that trips up a lot of entrepreneurs is they try to resist or they try to like, they put up with discomfort, you know, like they try to avoid discomfort. They'll do anything to not feel it. 
Whereas successful entrepreneurs resist comfort, right? They'll do anything they can to stay uncomfortable because they know that your comfort zone is an indicator of your wealth zone. And if your wealth zone isn't where you want it to be, then you have to look at, am I playing it safe? Like, am I staying comfortable? And I think that trips up a lot of entrepreneurs because inherently we want to feel comfortable. You know, we want to do things that feel good. And like, we could kind of take a breath, but it's when you coast or get into the comfort zone, you kind of plateau and that shit feels like death to entrepreneurs because yeah. we thrive on momentum. Like yeah. One of the things are oxygen. we teach in project shift, I think my good friend, Jonathan learned it love from uh, Preston, Preston smiles, I believe was the I concept of couch that. to castle, which is like, you know, we get off the couch, stop being spectators. We get on the, the battlefield and we're playing and we like go to face resistance and we go to catch, get our castle. Right. But oftentimes in the game of entrepreneurship, once we have our castle, then it becomes our new couch because we get comfortable. <laughs> that. And you take your foot off the gas and you're like, why do I feel so garbage? Yeah. And it's because we're not striving for more. Exactly. Right. It's because yeah. we're not leaning into more discomfort. We're like, no, no, no but I, I did it. Like I'm yeah. a success. But yeah. then like, what are some new dreams we can dream that get us outside of our comfort zone again? Because I believe entrepreneurs inherently want to expand. They want to grow. They totally. want to change. They want to evolve. They, even though a lot of the growth can feel wildly uncomfortable, dudes, that's the price of admission, right? Yep. To a to a, a meaningful life, in general, just yeah. not even just entrepreneurship. A meaningful life in general comes through challenges and growth and expansion. And if you're resisting that, you're missing out on the magic. I agree. I say if we're resisting it, we're, we're resisting the very nature of who we are as a human being, which is yes. creators. Like in, in our natural state, we are creators. We create. That's what we do. If we go look at like biblical scripture, they talk about like we're created in God's image. If we want to go down that rabbit hole and in that rabbit which hole. Which wouldn't go far with me because I don't know. The sure, exactly. Lots of people who listen to this show specifically <laughs> know quite a bit about scripture. And so... Yeah, like if we're made in consciousness's image, infinite potential's image, universe's image, mm -hmm. the universe is ever expanding. Mm -hmm. So therefore, our very nature is ever expanding. Yes, 100%. The universe does nothing but expand. Exactly. It's always growing. It's exactly. always trying to experience more life. Yep. And I feel like when we can tap into that and realize life wants to experience itself, Yep. And that is through the ups and downs, the contrast, yep. like the contrast is the thrill because you yep. can't have one without the other. Exactly. Exactly. When I became aware of that or understood that I feel like life got easier because yep. I don't give as much meaning to the downs, Yep. yep. right? To the yep. failures or the lessons or challenges or whatever. Yep. If you could go back in time and give your younger self some like wisdom that would help her collapse time and like get results faster, what would you tell her? It's all working out for you. Awesome. Always. Awesome. That's I, if I had to sum it all up, that would be the one line I'd tell her. It's all working out for you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, you talked about you have this course creators boot camp. Uh, you run these things pretty often. Where can people go learn about that? What is it? Where can we tell people to go um, join? Yeah. That? Easiest way to hang with us is screw the nine to five.com. That's all spelled out, no numbers. Um, and the bootcamp itself is screw the nine to five.com forward slash bootcamp. Like I said, it's, it, we call it a five day bootcamp, but it's pretty much 10 days um, with all the trainings and bonuses we have and all that. And it's 
inner and outer game. And it's essentially a 10 day experience for courses, course creators and coaches who want to get their offers designed, dialed in. We work on the name, the big promise, the price, the messaging, what goes into the offer, the bonuses, the guarantee, and a badass way to sell it. So if you've ever struggled with, I don't know why my program isn't selling or why my offer isn't selling or why it's not clicking or why I keep attracting the wrong people, then this bootcamp will just straight up rock your world. And then we have different levels to it. We have VIP where you can um, come do coaching with us and our coaches and we create mini masterminds in there. It really is a badass experience. So yeah. And then our podcast, thescrewshow.com sounds like porn. It's not, it's <laughs> business and marketing. Um, so yeah, thescrewshow.com is where you can really get a taste of everything we're about. Awesome. Well, Jill, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and just being an awesome human being. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anthony. I had a blast talking with you. Well, there you have it, my friend, Jill Stanton in the house. What an epic conversation. I know we bounced around a little bit from tactical stuff to deep stuff to tactical stuff to deep stuff, but I feel like we really dove into some topics and concepts that may really unlock a few things for you. If you enjoyed this episode and inspired you in some way, I'd love to hear about it and know like what was your biggest takeaway. Simply take a screenshot of you listening on your device, post it over to your Instagram stories, and then tag me at AJ Amix and also tag Jill at screw the nine to five. And that's screw the nine, like the word nine to five, all words, no, uh, no numbers. So tag me at AJ Amix, tag Jill at screw the nine to five over on your Instagram stories. Thank you so much for being here. That's going to do it for this episode of the Anthony John Amix podcast. Until next time, my friend, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to AJAmix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.